Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through the Final Four and championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. So three and zero last night was kind of a throwback type nineties type of game, Eric. I'm sure you got a I'm sure. You, I'm sure you like that ball. <laughs> oh yeah, anything that ends with W, I usually like. But um, you know, just little guys getting kicked out, little chippiness. Yeah, I like that. I enjoyed it. Low scoring, definitely had like a nineties feel to it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Playoff basketball, nineties early two thousands feel. Yeah, and even, even before the game, Jock Vaughn pretty much said, if you're not, like, he, he wanted the guys to kind of, like, you know, fight a little bit, uh, as he said, and I guess some of the guys took it a little literally, or, and maybe he even meant uh, literally, but, um, yeah, so uh, lots to get into uh, with the game, so we're just going to go right, uh, take a deep dive into it. So last night, Wild Ride, one of the weirdest games of the season, where we saw a kick to the nuts, well, a smack to the nuts, and uh, two uh, total ejections, uh, but obviously, as you guys mentioned, we did end up winning 102 to 97. So first, uh, let's get into it. One of the biggest topics today on all of the sports shows is the ejection of James Harden and the flagrant one on Joel Embiid. So I'm going to ask you guys: Do you do you guys agree with the uh, the calls on James Harden and Joel Embiid? I mean, I guess it's hard because Joel's. Whenever you get a flagrant one, there are some ways it can always be a two. Because it's the fine line of intent. Um, and that's where the gray is as far as one and two. Because it could it could be very, like James, it, it looked like it's just a natural play. But if they can find that he did it on with intent and on purpose, then that makes that automatically makes it a flagrant two. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people have, you have to look at is it doesn't, you know, we used to always look at flagrants like did the person get hit, get hurt. It was almost like that. Um, whereas the rules are different, defined differently. It's um, non-basketball play, intent, you know what I'm saying? So all of that, and it's hard to judge that a lot. Um, when I looked at James, I thought it was a, an offensive foul, but I didn't think it was a flagrant two foul. I didn't think it was a flagrant two. You think it was a flagrant one? Yes. Because flagrant ones, that's what I'm saying. Flagrant one doesn't have to be um, <clears throat> where you're kind of doing it on purpose. It, it could be a, a real play, but still be a flagrant one. 
Okay. Based on the rules. Um, because if it was, I didn't think it was a flagrant two. It, it was more than an offensive foul because it was like, if you're running, it wasn't a, it was a natural run, but he wasn't running through him. You, you see what I'm saying? Like he wasn't running through him. You had to go outside of your normal basketball area to create that contact. Um, that's what made it flagrant one. Does the fact that Royce O'Neal's hand on his hip already making contact with Harden have any bearing on that, though? Because, I, I mean, it'd be one thing if he just approached him, it's, he was standing it's, still it's, and did it. So, so yeah, if, if he's in front him. of him, if he has a hand on his hip, um, it, and that's what I'm saying, so it goes to the elbow, the shoulder. If it was maybe James' shoulder or his hand pushed him off, it's different, but it's the elbow and – they considered it from what I believe a non-natural running position or act that they believed it wasn't. So if it's non-natural, then it goes to, was it intentional? That's where I disagree with them. Was it non-natural? Probably so. That's where I think you can get a, get away with flavor one. I would have been okay if it was just a pop. Um, but I give I would give them a flagrant one, okay, non-natural. Intent is where I, I find an issue with it because I didn't think that it was intentional to get a flagrant two. Um Joel's could have to me could have easily been a flagrant two. Easily. We've we've seen examples of that being a flagrant one and the guy getting suspension suspended behind it. We've seen that example in the finals. So that will be interesting. I was trying to look for the um, the explanations for brothers last night. Um, he explained it, actually, uh, each one of those. And he said what pushed it over the edge for Harden. I can't find it. But from what I remember, he said it, what pushed it over the edge was where Harden made contact. As opposed to where Embiid made contact. Embiid made contact with the upper leg, but Harden made contact with the growing region. Um, which to them not natural. elevated it from a one to a two. Um Harden thinks he got just like the inner thigh area. Harden didn't think he got him, you know, in the no-no spot. Um, I think Embiid's what when I saw it, I, I thought he was done. I thought he was being ejected, and I couldn't. I'm mad about. It. I was gonna be. I was already like ready to like see him go. I was. I was mad about it, but I was not going to be surprised if it was a two. I, I that that's an ejectable. He kicked him. He, he kicked him from the ground. There's no dispute on basketball plays. There's no dispute on any of it. He kicked him. Um, Harden's, I just thought, should have been a foul. I see offensive players throw guys off them all the time. I see them push off with their hands. I see them slap players. I see them elbow yeah, players. Like we say, but do you see them in that location? That's, I mean, that's, that's what they explain. That's It's not easy to just go and hit somebody at that position. That 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 spells in their eyes intent. I think you have to go and hit in that particular area because See, you're, unless you're what I'm saying, unless you're like unless the guy's square in front of you, like trying to take a charge, and you kind of go and hit him in that, it's it's considered to be unnatural. I don't agree with it. And I'm saying I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just giving you kind of the ex explanation that I've seen while even being in the referee's, you know, meeting. 
how that how that particular situation is explained. I'm less inclined to compare those two. I'm more inclined actually to compare Harden's hit on on uh, O'Neal to Finney Smith's smack in the face of Embiid. So why is that a common foul and that's a flagrant two? Because that's two levels. Because, because if Finney Smith is going to block the shot and you he hit was, him in the face, I'm just telling you if you if you're if you're actually going to block the shot and you hit him in the face. If you hit him in the shoulder, is it different in the why is it different in the face and the shoulder? Is this anything above next? Like no, no, X, X, X. No, I'm just but that's what I'm saying though. It's it's the same act. Yeah. So but that's if, where it lands is a big thing. Is anything above that if it's a non-basketball play? I guess they deemed it a non-basketball. I mean a basketball play. Because that is most of the explanation with Harden, is that it, it depended it, it really came down to where he got him. Yeah. Well, Finney Smith got him in the in the cross the nose. Like you can't get any worse than that, right? So, yeah. well, that that that's the thing I had I, when I thought when I saw that I immediately thought. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the the one thing that I learned about um, the league and is, when it comes to different plays and situations, it's hard to compare plays because you have different referees, different situations. Um, I do believe that Joel's situation escalated James' situation. Yes. It was, it was a makeup call. Um, a makeup flagrant. So I, I, I do believe that that's why it's hard to compare situations. Um, Finney Smith could have easily, I mean, I, that could have been a flagrant one, flagrant two, um, easily. And I don't think anybody would have really, really questioned it. I think they would have questioned it if it was a flagrant two, but not flagrant one. I think if Finney Smith happened last night, it would have been a flagrant. Yeah, that's the way the game was going. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I just I feel like, and it's it's no different than us being in school as children. If somebody gets in trouble and somebody keep getting in trouble, that third person's punishment is probably going to be worse than the first person. Yeah, not saying it's fair, but it happens. It's interesting you brought that up because in the post game they were talking to Kenny and the guys, and, and Kenny brought up that he alluded to Harden having a pass with that off arm, and he's like, I'm not saying it happened, but I know a lot of teams send in tapes of guys to say he's doing this all the time and whatnot. But and, and I was like, okay, fair. If that were the case, start calling it a common foul first before you jump from not calling it at all to flagrant two. The, the, the situation is going to determine that, That's, though. Yeah. The situation is going to determine that, not not the fact that they put you on notice. That's just a big jump for me, to not calling it at all to go into F2. It's just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I but, mean, they looked at video. Yeah. So something was there. I was surprised they didn't call the Claxton uh, elbow to Embiid's back uh, later on in the game. I thought that I thought because that was right after that was like shortly after the whole thing they had earlier. I thought they were going to call something a flagrant with that or something because I mean it could have you could have. Yeah, I mean I, I think I think they I think they could have called that, but I do also think that Joel flops a lot and hurts hurts himself for getting a call like that. Yeah, that's true. That's why he got the. That's why he's he got the, the biggest back. guy on the. He's the biggest guy on the court and falls the most. He is, he, man. He, he fell, fell so much last night. Just, you know what I'm saying? So, so 
I found myself yelling at the TV about Joel's falling last night. I was like, dude, en- stop. Look, I, I know for I know well, I do know for a fact that teams talk about his flopping. Yeah. Fans certainly do. I know that. To the league. I'm saying teams to the league. Oh wow. So it is an issue that teams are saying he's flopping. But the thing about it is he doesn't get called a lot for flopping. No, No, in fact, he gets the calls a lot. But to be fair, really hard to be able to gauge and, you know, empathize and put yourself in those shoes. He's a very, very large man moving in a way that we don't see guys like that moving. So as far as like, like on that one play where O'Neal kind of gave him a shoulder, he was already a little off balance. He was putting all his way forward. Guys, no one's going to knock him down that easily. Come on, man. If he's already kind of falling, though, no one's gonna knock him down that easy. He falls. I mean, down you could, you could tell like he's getting hit, and then he's up, and then he falls. That's not a natural hit and fall. That's not natural. Yeah, I'm not saying every time, but there are instances where he's flopping. Mm-hmm. Like the hit, you know, may knock him back, but it doesn't knock him down. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's. But hey, we've been talking about it falling for ever since we've been in this show. So. <laughs> You're one of our longest tenured conversations yeah. on this, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. He's he's, and I'm just I'm, I'm just saying, like going forward, you you best believe that's going to be a topic of conversation with the Nets and whomever else we play before. He's gonna they're going to start calling flop, or he's going to get fewer fouls from it. Yeah, it's going to be a point of emphasis. Trust me. Yeah, luckily, like no like serious injuries from his falls. Well, he he had, he he had a, he rolled his ankle last night on Cam Johnson's foot, I think, and then he had the fall where he where he um, tripped over Cam Johnson. Um, so I I don't know if the falling coach is really helping him at all uh, based on last night's game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, Doc, I uh, had a, spoke to the media earlier a couple hours ago, um, and he had a whole soliloquy about the you know the flagrants and the ejections, Draymond's thing and Embiid's thing. But the, his main point was, quote, if we're going to start punishing the retaliators and not the instigators, then we got a serious problem in this league. What do you guys think about that? Doc uh, Vaughn has something different to say. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, the who's talking. It depends on who's talking, man. Um, that's, that's an interesting point, though, because Jock did say, go out there and hit somebody. Yeah, I mean, hit somebody doesn't mean illegally hit somebody. Yeah, so, no, you know no, but like, it means I'm just saying, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm going. It means PJ Tucker, someone. PJ's not hitting anybody illegal, but he's very physical. You, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I took what John, Jock was saying. Maybe because I played, but that that's what that's how I looked at it. Yeah, if you're going to, you know, you have to be physical. Um, it's a contact sport, so you don't have to hit. Yeah, but hit doesn't mean hurt. Hit doesn't mean doing anything bad. Yeah, but there are multiple plays of a Claxon from the back giving Embiid a good like a good shoulder to like the back, which is, I mean, it's it's it is dirty. I mean, and Claxton has stayed in foul trouble and he's gotten ejected. Yeah, yeah. which I um, thought was, by the way, sweet justice <laughs> for him to forget. So he just said like he he. He it seems a little personal with him. I think he I think out of all the other guys, I don't I don't see them 
what they're doing this. No, no, no. Royce O'Neal's just physical. He's got that PJ Tucker game. That's just his yeah, game. I don't think. He, yeah, he's not doing anything like the yeah. play with Kenny. That could have been a flagrant one, but it wasn't anything that. No, no, no. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't see what they're doing. Uh, Claxton has a problem. You're at, you're absolutely right. It, it, it is a personal thing. I think he was also frustrated. He only had 21 minutes a day, the, the, the game before. So he was uh, coming out of the opening minutes. He wanted to try to. I mean, I, I mean, I, from his perspective, that that hurt them by him going out. Oh, yeah. He totally forgot. He totally forgot he had technical, I think. Good. I think he just totally forgot. He was like, oh, my God. Because Jock said he reminded him after that. He was like, no more. No hanging on the rims. No, no, no stupid extracurricular stuff. No, no staring down. Cut all that out for the rest of the game because you already have one. I guess heat of the I mean, moment. Yeah, just, it happens. Oh, well. No, it shouldn't happen, but it does. They, 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 they cut away from him in the tunnel. He was about to throw that, uh, that little, the little, the barrier thing. I was like, oh, man, I wanted to see that. <laughs> there you go. That's him. <laughs> So a uh, last thing on this, do you guys believe, or if you guys were to put money on this, Joel and B will be suspended for game four? If I had odds, I would say my odds of yes is more than no. Really? Yeah. At the rate the league is going, I believe if they don't do anything, it, it would be worse for the league. You don't think the uh, the Harden ejection was like a payoff, like like an exchange of goods? Like, all right, we'll we'll get rid of Harden, but not NB next no. game. No, I I just I just think the whole thing with Draymond and that because it's they threw the history and they so it's I just think that they they may look at that. It would not surprise me. So if I'm if I'm guessing, I would say over 50, 55, about fifty five percent yes, forty five no. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, it's weird to not have him be ejected in the game to get suspended. At least, at least Draymond's was an ejection turned into a suspension, but to not give him like a harsh ruling on the court and then get him out of the game for the next one's weird. Uh, but well, I, I, okay, I'm looking at it now. Uh, Wojnarowski just tweeted: uh, the NBA is taking no further action on Sixers fouls in Game Three. So there you go. There you go. No suspension. Right. Yeah. Forty-five percent, yes. <laughs> Still very close. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to dig a bit bit further on Embiid uh, in Game Three, uh, he was five of thirteen, only had fourteen points, five turnovers. He went to the locker room with a back issue, um, rolled his ankle, and, and also tweaked his knee. Uh, just clearly wasn't himself. Just seemed like he was focusing on his injuries, like we've seen in the past and be in the playoffs. Uh, so I want to ask you guys: how, how much of this is Nets game plan and personnel? And or how much of this is actual injuries? Uh, his uh, his play recently. I mean, it's playoffs, man. Uh, like it's it's gonna happen. He's playing more minutes, and they're giving him more attention. Even when he doesn't score, he's getting double teamed. He's getting hit. He's so it's hard. So it, it's the wear and tear is there. That's not going away. Like I've been telling you guys for over a year, I do not understand why teams don't double him. Now, when you double him, you he he's seeing the Shaq the Shaq thing when people are doubling you every game. How hard it really is to play that way. So now you know. I believe that he needs to get down on the post and get a move where he catches and shoots before the double comes. He was doing that really well in the first game too. 
just catch and shoot before the double comes. That's why. That's why oh. you look at Jordan or Ewing and all them guys that had a fadeaway. That fadeaway came to go away from the double, so the double was irrelevant. Yeah, he wasn't popping a lot. Maybe him and his um, trainer, you know, whatever the guy's name is. Um, what's his trainer name? Granlin. Yeah, uh, they got to have to. They gonna have to do that next next summer because you you can't just the the. The Nets were like, great. We we accomplished our what we wanted to accomplish. Even though they're down 0-3, they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish as far as Joel goes. Yep. Um, you play better teams, that's harder to do. Mm-hmm. And each round we know we go, the, the teams get harder. But they're giving them a recipe. They go in and tweak it. They got a recipe. All right, when you double in this. But on our rotations, we're gonna do this. And we you do know this, they, you know, or make him or make him, you know, you start looking at that film, you say, okay, well, when we double, double to his right hand. You know, there's things that you can do when you double, double hard, jump hard to his right hand. So now he has to pass it. He's passing everything with his right hand. He's passing everything over his right shoulder. Now you start doubling. Okay, well, the guy that's guarding him, maybe you stay on that shoulder. And the guy doubles from the, the, the left side. Now you double with a big. So now you rotate smalls. It, it, you start looking at it, and that's what they go. It's this doubling stuff isn't going away at all. Especially um, if it's working. It's not going away. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You gotta, and people say you don't really want to double a guy um 15 to 17 feet out. You really don't. So what you'll start seeing is. They'll start doubling him when he starts when he dribbles, when he's 15 to 17 feet out, instead of doubling on the catch. Going forward, the other team's got bigs, multiple bigs. Unless we play someone like Golden State, everybody else has multiple bigs. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, also, even when they weren't doubling him, he was, like, looking for the double. Looking for it, yes. It almost distracted him. He, he, yes. he almost, like, couldn't. Because it's, it's, that's what it's being off balance because you have no idea when it's coming. That's, that's, that's when you know you're affected. And then at that point, it took him out of his own game. It yes, wasted he's affected. You're affected when you're doing that. You're hesitant. Through, yeah, through they, the they, they have accomplished their job of getting him off his game. He hasn't had – and correct me if I'm right – he hasn't had one 30-point game, right? Nope. No. He averaged 33. That's how you go. That's you got him off his game. He's off his game. We just have some other guys that people don't realize that are really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. It's it's been shoulder, like Maxi, Harris, like everyone's yes. stepping up now, which is good. I mean, that's what you want. But it is, it's it's definitely worrisome. I, I think I think game plan and personnel got to him first. I think he was very affected by it, and then he's, and then he started getting nicked up and getting distracted with his injuries, like he did well, I, last year too. In yes. the I, but I, I really think he he does not have an answer to the doubles. Yeah, he, his answer is to pass it to the guy, which is what you think you. But sometimes you, no, I'm gonna play through this. It, but it's best to play through that when you're closer to the basket. So. I think some of the frustration is coming from the fact that you can't figure it out. Yeah, you can't figure it out. And we, you know, we 
this game, that game could have really been ugly if you scoring 14 points and the guy like Claxton scoring more than you. Um, even though he's not getting double, but if he ended up scoring more than you and they win that game, now it looks different. It looks really different. So yeah, we're we're a much better team than them. And it appears to be that we'll win this series, hopefully the next game or five. Um but it's still a lot of questions. It got, every game has gotten this, worse. This series isn't necessarily kind of a dominant sweep. It? Yeah, it's, it's almost like it isn't really – it's like it's not a reality of how things are really going to be if we want to win a championship or move further. Yeah, yeah. I did think the series was going to be a grind, though, so I didn't think we were just going to absolutely wall them every game. Yeah, I mean, I think- that, that – yeah, I you know I picked them to win Game Three, and I I mean I do feel that they they should have won that game. Should have won the game. <laughs> I'm glad we got out, yeah, but I'm glad we won. won. But yeah, that was the game that um Maxi went off. I mean, Maxi yeah, became super hit at the end, and I just thought that they just you know one of those games is you know like a Game Six or something. They just and you lose can tell Embiid at the end. He was like, "Take it, Maxi." He I don't think he like. I hate to say this, I don't think he really wanted the ball toward the end of that game. Well, I don't think he. I don't think he. I just. I think he was like, "You're hot." It doubled, man. It's just, yeah, it's different. It's well, we better use game four to to polish some of those up because Boston's bringing it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully Atlanta can pull off a game just so we have at least a little bit of rest. At least a little bit, hopefully. At least one. Come on now. It, it doesn't look like that's happening at all. Yeah. Although the line of that game, um, the the game tonight, I believe that's a, it looks like a really fishy line. So you could easily probably I think Atlanta might win based on the line I'm looking at. I got here. Boston. I got um, Atlanta winning. So that means they probably lose. I don't know, Eric. I based that <laughs> based that betting line, it looks like Atlanta's going to win tonight. I, I got I, Atlanta winning tonight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, talking, continuing to talk about that game. Um. Last night. Are you guys happier that we can win uh, an ugly, low-scoring game or worried that this might carry over to Boston, which is kind of what we just talked about? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't I don't think it's a carryover. I just think you, I'm happy, excited that you find a way to win no matter how the game is going. Yes. Um, I think it's just that's the important thing, um, figuring out a way to win. Ugly, not ugly, um, low-scoring, high-scoring, um, it was just about winning the game, making plays to win the game. And and we did that. So to me, that's what's most important. The carryover. Um, I would be more inclined to talk about carryover if we are consistently not playing well. Um, and, and I haven't seen that. I just we've had we've had flashes, but we've done enough to win. And some of that is, you know, the, the opponent is probably not as good as um Teams that we could face, but they're a very capable team to to beat us. After they like they've shown, they just haven't been able to put it together for a game. And we were right, by the way. We we said like you know who's going to show up. We said like this is Dinwiddie's game, and it was it was Dinwiddie's best game of the of the series. So yeah, every game like someone well. else for them. He, he plays well. They have a chance to win. I mean that's but that's the the you know, in the playoffs, you have that guy, that go-to guy, and, and that's what I was saying. They don't really have a number, true number one option. Yeah, they have a lot of complimentary pieces. Going to, you know, going to draw double teams, going to shrink the defense, make them shrink the defense every single play. 
they don't really have that. Um, it's also extremely difficult to win seven against a team in one year. We're seven and zero against them. No, no, uh, uh, we're actually eight and zero. Uh, we played them in preseason. Uh, we, we actually did that. My was it my my rookie year in Seattle. Um, Houston was defending champs, and we beat them eight eight zero. Damn, beat them four in the regular season and sweep them in the playoffs. That's crazy. That's wild. So, not only were it you know, eight no Marcus in the preseason, but seven in the regular season and including playoffs. A very big variety of ways and in, in, in the amount of different teams we played. So, we've had the backups versus backups game. We had the Kyrie and Durant versus no Joel and James game. We had the new Brooklyn team with Ben Simmons. We had the new Brooklyn team without Ben Simmons. We had the low-scoring, grinded-out kind of game. We had a com- huge come-from-behind game against them, uh, a blown lead against them, the ejections, and blowout. So it's it's crazy. All the different things that have happened against them this year, right? It's we played- Yep, exactly. So uh, we've, we've won with Joel having, what, his second-lowest-scoring game of the season. Right. Um, and just not looking like himself. So it's uh it's cool. Yeah. I mean, if anything, we should just work on, like I said a few minutes ago, work on these double teams before we get to Boston, because that Boston's just a level up from everything we're seeing on on Brooklyn as far as like they're almost kind of like a rich man's version of Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple wings, but they're just better scorers. They're both number ones in Boston instead of, you know, number twos in in, in Brooklyn. Um, and they have two very capable bigs. So scary. Um, I know we talked about the 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 worst of what we've seen so far in the series, you know, MB not being able to figure out the the double teams and sometimes triple teams. What are some pauses and negatives you guys have seen outside of that? Um, based on what you saw last night. I just think um the necessary other guy. Um, making a big shot, making a big play, big rebound. PJ's doing the hustle plays. Daniels is coming in making slashy moves, and uh, Melton's making a big shot, big stop, uh, big dunks, <laughs> big plays. Um, Tobias's timely baskets. Um, so that's what I think. I mean, I, that part is like you feel like Yang's making some big shot. You feel like we have a team that's playing well. Um, you got Joel, like, it's getting double, but everybody else, I feel like everybody else is stepping up, even if they're not really – it doesn't show it on the box score. I do really feel like everybody else is playing well um, and doing enough for us to win games. Yeah. Tucker's a second-leading rebounder in the series. Amazing. Um Tobias is consistently, you could tell he thinks he can win his matchups every time. And he tries to bully, play bully ball every time. And he usually has a like Dinwiddie on him. And it's like, yes, good. Like I, I saw way too many times during the season where he had someone like six inches shorter than him and he just wasn't pounding them down. And I'm, I'm, I love to see that. Um, Maxi, we've done a little flip-flopping on this year, but he's a star in the making, dude. Like, I, I think Maxi in the next year or two is a top 10 leading scorer in the league. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Eric? 
Hey, if that if that face palming is directed about us wanting to try, did you just say he was a top ten scorer in the league? I, I say the next year or two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So Joel's not going to be on the team. I mean, so you say you're going to have two no, top well, ten scorers? Joel's on the team now, and Max is the leading scorer on our playoffs. What do you mean? Is he a top ten scorer? Wait, what do you mean? You, you said it. You said he's going to be a top ten scorer. I said the next. I, I, I have two top ten scores. That's what you're saying. We have three twenty point scores this year. Why can't we have? I didn't say that. I said top ten. I I think Maxie in the next year or two is going to be a top ten scorer. I really do. And Joel. Yeah, maybe Joel won't be averaging thirty three. So Joel won't be a top ten then. You, we're not going to have two top ten scores. Is it it's that too much? Not, not because they can't. No, no, no. I, I agree with you as far as their ability to do it. I just think that the 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 amount of scoring is going on around the league. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be too hard to have two guys in the top ten on your team. Like if you because put- of that, not because of talent. I think I think that you're right as far as their ability to do to do it. I just think the way that you have you know, kid from Oklahoma City averaging thirty and Luca averaging thirty two. I mean, it's just so many other guys that it's just going to keep growing and growing. And I just don't think that it's going to be enough to, for a team to have two players unless they put up 130, 40 points a game. So what would he had to have? What would he have to average to be top 10 scorer this year? Let's see. Offense. I know. I just think it's going, I just think the scoring is going up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it it was a crazy year this year. Does that continue that way? We'll have to see. But that you're right. It was it was absolutely insane this year with scoring. We said that a, a few like uh, three or four episodes. Yeah, ago. I think we commented on the amount of thirty point scores this year. Yeah. So the ten leading score, the tenth leading score was twenty eight points a game. Yeah, it's. I mean that's a, a, that's, a, a big so, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, that's what. How many points away is he? Seven points away. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, he averaged on like 20 on the dot, didn't he? Yeah, eight points, seven, eight points away. That's all right. And it's probably no, no, I'm saying there's a lot of guys in between there. So I'm just saying, like, when you say top 10, like top 20, top 20, yeah, definitely top 20. I can see that. I mean, he's and they're talking about it. I forgot who talked said it about him. I think it was the post game about like he's all levels mid range. Three to deep, exactly. deep, deep three. Yeah. Driving. I mean, he's he doesn't really have a scoring weakness. It's it's oh. I can make a case. I can make a case not to say he's a better scorer than Prime Harden, but I think he's got more versatility as a scorer than Prime Harden. Because Prime Harden didn't shoot mid-ranges. You so know, he's got a whole other level that, that Harden was, never that was tried. more philosophy than ability. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but that was more by choice for them. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, he's – and he's, like – he's got room to grow, too. Like, that's the funny thing. He's not, like, a finished product. Like, he's still getting better. He's still getting better every year. And, you know, his defense improves. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we got so lucky with, with him. That was my positive uh, observation with him. It's just like, man, he, like, he's – Yeah, saved. I mean, this is – you know, when you – I just that's why I said Joel got to be there. Joel's still performing because if he becomes that option of, you know, I think people still see him as the third option. Yeah, that's a really really good one. 
Um, the more options, the more he move up that that ladder, the more the defense will put attention on him. I just think now it's hard for teams to do it. Yeah, yeah, hard for them to you know they can't put their best. They're not putting their best defender on them. Even though I think you may find the, you may find a series where they do that. Yeah. I think the, Boston may put Marcus Smart on. The him. smart guard hardener guard. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And you put a bigger guy on James and switch the pick and roll. Like I this you, it, it's gonna happen eventually. Yes. You know, we I, put I, Milwaukee. Does Milwaukee does Drew because Drew's had good success against James, but does he now guard Maxi? Like we don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think Drew's kind of wasting away guarding Harden, actually. I think you'd want to put him on a harder guy to guard. Who's harder to guard at this point of their careers? I think Mac Maxi is. Uh, we'll see. Um, and then uh, negatives. I've been saying it. Got to control our emotions. We have way more to lose against this team. You gotta you gotta control your emotions, and you can't get into those kind of fights. Thank goodness they didn't they didn't discipline us further. But that, and then the working on the double teams, I think would be my. My biggest negative. Um, Paul Reed played great again. Um, he continues to, to grow up in the playoffs. Um, we have a lot of good depth pieces, actually. They our depth pieces have played really, they've all stepped up. They played really, really well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for positives and negatives. It's actually kind of funny. The, the way you guys predicted the regular season to go, you guys thought NBA would take a drop off in scoring and everybody else would kind of rise. That's what's playoffs. Happening. that's what's happening in the playoffs. So yeah, you guys were kind of right, but you guys you just thought regular season that we were, was you thought. Yeah, yeah. Regular <laughs> season in a postseason. But no, that's exactly that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. We should go back to our preseason predictions for points and all that stuff. And and when the playoffs are done, see if it lines up with the, <laughs> with the postseason stats. It, it, it honestly might. It'll be close. <laughs> It's funny just to see where Maxi is come now and how we we think of him. Just two years ago, uh, a lot of the Sixers fan base wanted us to trade Maxi for Kyle Lowry, and they're upset that um, they traded uh, Preston Achua instead. They chose Achua over uh, Maxi because that was potentially the deal. It was Maxi, and that I mean, I was never, never that was more rumors. It was never reported that we actually offered that, but crazy. Yeah. No, we don't know. <laughs> now Lowry is killing it over there. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, so uh, l- last topic here. Uh, so game four, uh, Saturday. Um, just two questions for you guys. Uh, how important is it for us to end the series in a sweep so our guys, Embiid and Harden, can get some rest? And obviously, who do you guys have? Sixers are a six-point favorite um, against Brooklyn. I'm going to throw one more question in there, too, so you, so you can start it off, Eric. Embiid's gone down scoring every single game. Does he score less than he scored last game? Well, he scores more than he scored the last game. <laughs> he scored more. Um, I think that is a point of effort, not just by him, but by the team and Doc, to find a way to get him back on the back through the double teams. Um, so I think they'll force feed, um, hopefully not to the detriment of a win. Um, but I do think that'll happen. I, I do think that we win the game. I think they come out with great energy. Um, enthusiasm, excitement, but I think we get into the second half and we kind of wear on them, and they just sort of like, why? Do, why go to Philly? It's so close, why go to Philly, man. Let's just let's just get this. You know, it ends up, you know, being over. Um, I think we win it, but you know, this game, next game, uh, I think the the game will probably start around the same time based on how. Boston series if their series ends in four or five, 
I think the series ends. I mean, I think the next series starts around the same time. So I wouldn't necessarily say this game, you got to get this all this time off because, you know, if you're helping we play with Monday, game five will be Monday. That's still a, a good amount of time off. Um, if for some reason we don't win this game, but I do think we'll win it. Um, do you think it's, do you think that it's more important for Philly to close it out and get some, even a couple days extra rest, or do you think it's more important for Brooklyn to at least get a win in this series for them? Well, I mean, it's good for us to close it out, but I'm not, I don't particularly think that four or five. There's a big difference. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it as a huge difference because like I said, if you, we win Monday, the earliest we'll probably play is Saturday, in my opinion. So that's still a good amount of days off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not any – to me, that I don't think that that's something that's like, we man, we have to win this next game to get this full week. Like, I, I don't really – I don't – I'm not into all of that. Two or three days off, most game, most guys are good. Unless the guy has a really, really, you know, troubling injury. And if that's the case – that's not going anywhere. <laughs> if you need that much time off, then you know, we're in trouble. Um, I, I think for going forward, I think Brooklyn needs to get a win. Going forward, get a playoff win. Kind of feel that. Yeah. Going forward and see, you know, how guys are going to respond coming off a win, going on the road. May say a lot about your team. Especially for a team, you know, they have a lot of picks and whatever else they have. Like they they got some decisions to make. Yeah. So the Hawks win tonight. It guarantees they play on Tuesday. Yeah. So, I mean, if they win two games, it'd be even better. Yeah, that's but. what I'm saying. So I was saying the game. I don't think it would start earlier than Saturday. Yeah. So we would we get like maybe like one one extra day rest yeah. out of it really. Um. We just got to root for the Hawks to win more than one game. Um, I think six point. I, I think we close it out to start the series. I thought it was going to be like what a five or six game, but yeah, I, I pick five. It, I pick. I pick five. It wouldn't surprise me if they went to five, but I think the way the game is going and the fact that we won that last game, I think that they're broken. Yeah. That was a rough game for them to lose on like multiple levels. That was a really rough game. Like that, they dug they dug down deep for that. They really put it all out there. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think I think we're we're looking to close it out. I think we think they can't beat us seven to zero regular season postseason. Um, I just think you know we 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 think we own them now. So, um, but it happened during that game. We we had. Well, I was happy we came away with the win, too. Another thing, another point for that game. We did it a lot this season, the whole, like, oh, we're better than them. They know it. We know it. They're gonna just going to give us this win, and they're not. And that happened last game. We It seemed like we spent most of the game being like, well, they know we're better. They're, they're eventually just going to, like, cave to us and give us the W. Like, it's not going to happen, dude. You got to wake up out of that. And we did snap out of that eventually. So hopefully we start out this game from the start going, okay, we need to just beat them down. Um. But I do think, and see if you agree with me on this, I think they're going to be even more aggressive this game and really take it up a notch to go out there and hit somebody. Um, they got nothing to lose. It's, it's, it's an elimination game. They go home after this anyway. What the hell do they care? So um, I, I we got to watch out for that again. 
But hopefully we came very close to MB getting ejected. Harden did get ejected. So that was lesson learned for the next two days. They've probably been told by Doc and all the staff, like, keep your head, keep your head. Do not get ejected. So because yeah. now refs are looking out for it, aren't they, Eric? They're like, they're yeah. looking for yeah. anything in this series yeah. to give them a reason. Yeah. Uh, Eric, so um, six-point favorite, you have Sixers winning? Yeah, and cover. All right. Uh, uh, Sixers hadn't swept a, a playoff series since the 1990-1991 uh, season. Where, uh, opening round, they they swept the Bucks three games to nothing. Yeah, we never swept anyone. Wait, how, haven't swept anyone in a series, period? Yeah, since 1990-91. We, we never swept anyone. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So I, I guess I mean in the in the seven game opening round era yeah, we we never we've never swept a team before because that's three zero and that's ninety ninety one when when did they go to the seven games for the opening round? Um, yeah, it seems like we missed the playoffs. Two thousand was it? Four five. Uh, looks like. For the Sixers, after that year, we didn't make the playoffs till the 98-99 season, and then that that was three yeah three games to one, and then the ninety we never we are we never swept anybody. Yeah, we we won a lot. We won three ones and stuff like that, but we never swept anybody. Uh, it looks like oh two oh three was the first uh, first year of the oh, seven. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to find that. Was it 0203? That's what it looks like. Yeah, because 0102 opening round, uh, we lost. 0102 was um, five games. Yeah, uh, two, we, we lost 2 3 to the Celtics. And then 0203 opening round, uh, uh, four New games Orleans. over the Hornets. Yeah. That was seven games. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first year. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So, looks like 20 years. Our free, yeah. Our, so, here we go. We do. Yeah, I guess we are too. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, uh, hopefully we uh, uh, sweep the Brooklyn Nets Saturday, and we're talking about uh, maybe Atlanta Hawks or Boston Celtics in the next round on our next episode on Tuesday. So, <laughs> can we do a just in case Brooklyn wins our predictions for Monday? A win. I think we all. No, know. we're winning. We're gonna win. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're, okay. we're gonna win. Dude. Just we, making sure. We pick five. So yeah, we gotta we gotta win that one. Yeah. yeah. My my playoff bet I actually have is winning exactly in five games, so uh, I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that upset if we, if we lose Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, well, all right. We'll see you guys Tuesday. All right, guys. See you Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.